Greetings, everyone, and welcome. We had a wonderful opening at Glendale Temple this morning. Brother Chidanandaji, our president, gave a powerful prayer invocation as a blessing for starting convocation this year. And then Sister Dropity uh, gave a very inspirational, insightful presentation on deepening our personal relationship with God. And here we are this evening in Palisades, Lake Shrine Sanctuary. Lots of smiling faces I'm seeing around. Some I recognize, some I don't. Welcome all. And also a special welcome to those of you who are in your homes watching. And to those of you who will be watching after. <laughs> we welcome you all. Our mission tonight is to confront the challenges of life that really intimidate us and to see them through the eyes of enlightened wisdom of the Guru so that it removes all fear and then to be free in heart and mind to be able to dive into the love and joy of God. Let us begin with a short meditation. Sit in a comfortable, upright pose. Your hands on your thighs, palms upturned. Close your eyes and lift your mind and your eyes, centering yourself at the single point between the eyebrows. Now put your attention on your body Draw a slow, gentle, inhaling breath and tense the body gently all over. Exhale, double exhale, and relax. Again, inhale, tense gently and stretch. Double exhale, release. Feel relaxation throughout your body. Now draw a slow, gentle, inhaling breath with relaxation. Exhale gently and relax more deeply. Keep your attention on your body. Again, inhale slowly and gently. Exhale and feel. Feel complete release throughout your body. One more time. Exhale. Now sit motionless and relaxed. Keep your attention on your body and feel the body relaxing 
into stillness. Draw a slow, gentle, inhaling breath. Exhale and feel. Now become aware the thoughts are quiet, the emotions are at rest. Feel and enjoy relaxed stillness throughout your body, your heart, and your mind. Keep your body, heart and mind completely still and relaxed. Begin to feel soothing vibrations of peace flowing from the stillness within. As you concentrate upon these vibrations of stillness, feel the peace beginning to expand. Feel and enjoy expanding peace vibrations throughout your whole being.
Let us listen to these words of our Guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. From star to star I will fly, whether on this side of eternity or the other side of eternity, or whether surging through the waves of life from atom to atom, flying with the lights, whirling with the stars, or dancing with human lives, I am an immortal. Draw a slow, gentle, inhaling breath. Exhale. Now open your eyes. Thank you. Doesn't that feel wonderful? We can take ourselves from restlessness to peace in less than 10 minutes. I call this short meditation relaxing into stillness. It's so effective, I even gave it a name. <laughs> relaxing into stillness. First, we relax the body and we put our attention on relaxing the muscles. And as the body begins to relax and we relax into stillness, you will find that the mind also becomes quiet. Guruji teaches this in the Self-Realization Fellowship Lessons on Relaxation. He says, when the body becomes still, the mind then becomes quiet. So there is this symbiotic relationship between the body and the mind. And if the body is still and the mind is aware, the mind relaxes and becomes quiet. And then we can enjoy. You noticed I used the word enjoy. Because when we are enjoying something, we're fully absorbed. And so from the very beginning of each meditation, we want to establish a state of stillness that we can truly enjoy. And this is a wonderful way to begin a meditation. Guruji says that the first peace that we feel in stillness is the peace of the soul. And so what you have just felt and what you are feeling now in this inner quietness, this is the presence of your soul. And then Guruji says, as peace expands in meditation, as we concentrate on it and it expands, it becomes the peace of God. We become merging into the peace of God. And we can do this consciously and we can enjoy it. And this then becomes a foundation for our inner fortress of safety in God. And that's our theme tonight, is finding that inner space where we are safe and we feel the comforting presence of God. And we know that all things are well. Guruji says, in the castle of calmness, 
again and again, cast off identification with earthly titles and plunge into deep meditation to realize your divine kingship. Guruji here is sharing a secret with us. He says that even if for just a few moments, like we meditated together, just a few moments, we can cast off our mortal connection to the world and we can feel our divine connection with God. This is something we want to do on a regular basis when we meditate, is to cast off our identification with our earthly life and earthly roles and then begin to merge into that divine connection with God. And we want to be able to do this anytime, anywhere, under any conditions, don't we? Especially when we are in distress, especially when we are facing great challenges in life. I think we all have the experience that when we need to meditate most, we cannot. We find our mind is running wild and the emotions are a mess. And we say, I need deep meditation right now, but I can't marshal my forces. I can't lift myself up. I can't make that connection. And the world can seem very threatening. And our own human reactions escalate these fears. And we can find ourselves in a state of constant alert, isn't it? I call it restless anxiety. And the world imposes this on us. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The worries of today become the fears of tomorrow. And we find ourselves struggling just to keep our balance. And this constant restless anxiety is a real obstacle to deep meditation. And we all have the experience when we sit to meditate and there's just too many thoughts. The emotions are too charged. And we can't find that quiet, still place that we long for. So all of us, as spiritual men and women, we need an effective strategy. An effective strategy to remove this obstacle of delusion, to free us so that we might begin to experience the comfort and safety in the joy of God. Our master says, protect yourself within the fortress of wisdom there is no greater safety. Complete understanding will bring you to a point where nothing can hurt you. Protect yourself within the fortress of wisdom. We can say, oh, that sounds wonderful. But what does that mean? This is what we want to explore tonight because Guruji has these teachings that give us instructions and oftentimes we miss the action steps that we could take to get the results we deeply need. I would like to tell a story uh, of my experience counseling with Brother Anandamoy. Some of you will remember um, meeting him, perhaps. As a, young as a young man in the ashram, I had a senior monk as a counselor and mentor. We had a wonderful relationship and I loved him very much. And then he passed. And suddenly I found myself drifting. 
I felt lost. I had lost a divine friend and a guide that was guiding me in my monastic life and helping me to draw closer to Master. I didn't talk about my grief. I kind of hid my grief. I carried it with me for several months, and then I decided, well, I should really talk to my new counselor, Brother Anandamoy. And so I asked him, and he agreed, and we sat down in a ashram living room space at the Mother Center. And if you ever sat with our late dear brother Anandamoy, you know that he could sit very quietly and very intently, he would concentrate upon you. And so we were sitting opposite each other and he just quietly was looking at me and I opened up and I shared. I opened my heart and I told him everything that I was feeling and how I was drifting um, through daily life and felt like I was lost. He just nodded and listened with 100% concentration. And then I finished and we just sat there for, seemed like a long time. <laughs> and he was just looking at me and I was looking at him the room was quiet. And then he asked me some questions. He says, where is he right now? That is my counselor, mentor, friend. I said, he's in some higher realm with master, enjoying great bliss. He said, do you really believe that? <laughs> I said, absolutely. He said, good. And do you feel that God is guiding him and taking care of him now? I said, absolutely, I believe it. And then he said, do you believe that God is guiding and taking care of you right now? Long pause on my part. <laughs> and then brother said, very typically, he said, well, you may not feel it, but do you believe it? I said, yes, brother, absolutely, I believe it's true. God is with me, God is caring for me right now. And then he said, do you believe that this experience of loss is part of God's design and purpose for you? That was a new thought. How could my sorrow and my suffering be God's design for me? Could it be a greater purpose to help my growth and expand my love in some way, I began thinking these kinds of thoughts. And I realized that Brother Anandamoy was reinterpreting my grief. He was using wisdom truth to reinterpret my grief. And so we talked just a little bit together and we meditated. And then Brother gave me a passage from the Bhagavad Gita. He wrote it on a slip of paper and he says, here, I want you to read this, but do more than read it. I want you to study it because what you really need now is a new understanding. So I took it to heart and that evening I went to the ashram library and I got the Bhagavad Gita with our guru's commentary and I opened it to chapter 2, verse 30, where Krishna says, O Bharata Arjun, the one who dwells in the bodies of all is eternally inviolable. Grieve not, therefore, for any created being. Inviolable is an uncommon word. 
Uh, it means indestructible. So let me rephrase. O Bharata Arjun, the great Lord who dwells in the bodies of all is eternally indestructible. Grieve not therefore for any created being. So Krishna here is saying, do not grieve for your own mortality, forgetting that you are immortal. And he's saying actually more than that, he's saying that we are all immortal. We all have the same gift of God's consciousness with us. We have the same blessing. And as I pondered this, I realized that my grief was really ignoring greater cosmic truths. I was encouraging my own grieving. I was in loss when in reality there was a divine plan that I should use this crisis for personal growth. And so I could see that through this experience, uh, Brother Anandamoy was challenging me, challenging me to apply truth that I already knew. I already knew the truth, but he was challenging me to apply it in a moment of distress. That was new. He was saying, you need to counter Maya delusion with these cosmic truths. Ponder this. And then I read our Guru's commentary on chapter 2, verse 30. He says, the yogi of perfect equilibrium is neither hypersensitive nor stoically heartless. During bereavement caused by the death of a loved one, he understands and thus feels and appreciates the nature of the loss he has sustained. But inwardly he remains neutral and unmoved because he perceives that the nature of all material things is impermanent. The yogi enlightened by wisdom is prepared beforehand to meet such changes. Understanding also gives him great sympathy and compassion for those who incur devastating losses without the buffer of wisdom. This is very interesting. Enlightened wisdom can be a buffer or a cushion against human suffering. And so a new truth-based conviction started to form within me. And I could see that suffering could be an opportunity for confronting delusion and making spiritual progress. An opportunity to affirm my indestructible immortality and to accept a higher wisdom that this is God's design. And over the coming weeks and months, I felt the strength of that conviction expanding within me and it became a new reality. Loss is much different than what I had thought. And this cosmic conviction has fortified me ever since. We want to honor others. We want to treasure them. We don't need to endlessly grieve over their loss or our loss. But there was an even greater lesson here. And that is that through faith and personal conviction, I can adopt Satguru wisdom as a new reality, especially during times of distress. 
And it brings not only comfort, it also brings spiritual progress. This is a very interesting conversation, isn't it? It helps us to reorient ourselves and say, you know, maybe the way that I've been approaching these mortal experiences uh, has new light, new insight, new understanding. And this idea of the guru's wisdom as a reality, adopting the guru's enlightened wisdom as reality, um, it's a golden thread that runs through the lives of all of our first-generation disciples. So, Brother Anandamoy, Sri Dayamata, all of them, all of the ones that I have met in my life, they had an absolute conviction beyond all question or debate that the Guru's wisdom teachings are more than truth. They are reality. They are reality. And this gave them an unshakable inner strength and steadfastness that was protection against all the storms of delusion. I often wondered what gives Diamas such amazing strength. It's this. It's her realization, but it's also her conviction that the Guru's truth is her reality. A wonderful story from ancient India. Some of you may have heard it. A guru is sitting on a dais, uh, his ashen seat, and he is meditating with disciples that are in front of him. They are meditating together, and after meditation, um, he begins to speak and shares some enlightened wisdom with the disciples. Everybody is filled with the truth, and they're all inspired. And when the guru stops the satsang, one young man stands up and he walks forward and he pranams to the guru. And he says, Satguruji, um, I'm so amazed with the truth that you have just shared with us and I am so inspired. I want your permission to walk around the world and share your truth with everyone. And the master quietly looks at him and says, you have my blessing. And so the young man marches out to do his mission, and then an elderly woman who is from the village and a very devout devotee, she slowly gets up and she comes to the guru and she pranams, and then she proceeds to very slowly walk around the guru's ashram seat. She walks slowly around the guru, she comes back and she pranams, gets down and touches his feet, and she says, Guru Dev, I have just walked around the world. You are my world. So we can say this too. Just as surely, Guruji, as there are stars in the heavens that surround the world, this earth, um, your truth is my conviction. Your wisdom is my world. And the Guru actually see is giving us more than just a teaching. He is opening a door to a whole new reality if we are willing to accept it if we are willing to put away these erroneous ideas that have been inculcated into us for decades and say, no, that's not the real reality. My guru is giving me what is real. And Guruji says, protect yourself within the fortress of wisdom. There is no greater safety. 
Complete understanding will bring you to a point where nothing can hurt you. So let's define a strategy, a strategy that we can use when enduring distress or facing crisis. First, reassure yourself with the enlightened wisdom of the Guru. And then, guide yourself into peace and safety of God. There's much more here, let's explore it. I want to make it actionable by the time our session is over. Something that you are eager to put to practice because I know that each one of us has a problem that you're deeply worried about. We suspend it, but it's waiting there. <laughs> we need to actually face it. So we study Guruji's teachings. We have these wonderful Self-Realization Fellowship lessons in their latest and final form. And the, the knowledge is comprehensive. It's comprehensive. Um, it's full of amazing cosmic truth. Every aspect of human life and consciousness. And when we read and study, we appreciate the wisdom. We are impressed. We are inspired. But if we want the Guru's wisdom to protect us, we have to take it further. Because when the teachings become reality for us, with strong personal conviction, the truth will come alive in a new way, with a power to comfort us, a power to protect us from suffering. So you see, we can experience the power of truth because we have fully real, before we have fully realized it. In fact, personal conviction of truth precedes realization. A counseling story. I learned from Mother Nandamoy, and I'm able to pass those things along to others now as a minister. A woman, I'm talking with a woman who is serving her husband in his last chapter of life. She is a loyal wife and she's doing wonderful selfless service for her husband and partner. But she's tormented because he's suffering so much and she knows she's about to lose him. So she shares with me and I listen as she talks about her fears. And then when she's done, I say, like Brother Anandamoy, let me reinterpret this. Instead of seeing yourself as a mortal human wife serving a human partner whom you will lose, why not see yourself as an immortal soul, serving your husband as an immortal soul, soul to soul, each of you on a mystical journey cared for by God and being guided toward a common divine destination. She said, I never thought of it that way. But it's true, isn't it? It cannot be otherwise. This is what our guru teaches us. She said, I need to think about this. I said, do some study. Have a little study project and come to some important conclusions and draw a conviction about what your real mission and purpose is here. God is caring for you, God is caring for him. There is a plan and a purpose for both of you. And then six months later, she sent me a message. 
Dear brother, my husband passed during the night. So much peace. We are both very blessed. We are both very blessed. They are moving forward together. Isn't that beautiful? This can be our reality, you see. And this is a reality that brings meaning without suffering. We can accept the changes that are beyond our control. And we can feel and know and prove to ourselves that actually this is God's design for our growth. This is also the way that we can armor ourselves to meet and conquer the threatening insecurities of life. Sri Yukteswar says famously, look fear in the face and it will cease to trouble you. So how do we do this? We look fear in the face through the eyes of wisdom. Look fear in the face through the eyes of wisdom. That is the fear that, you, that is in front of you is not what you think it is. It's something different. Use the enlightened wisdom of the guru to redefine it. And all of a sudden things will become clear. And we can capture a vital principle that whenever life is threatening you, use the guru's teachings to reinterpret the threat and then disarm it. So let's do a little workshop together, silent workshop. I'll guide us through. And hopefully some of these things will become applicable to you. So you have a problem, you have a worry, you have a concern, you have a crisis, and you want to get a new view, a new understanding on it. You want to take yourself out of distress and into a positive state. So this is a workshop on process. The first thing I do, I'm a journaler, and so the first thing I do is I articulate the threat. What is it? Let's describe it. I just describe it. I try to keep the description short. By the way, if you're taking notes, this is a good time to write down a few points. I'll be summarizing as we go. But articulate the threat. What is it that has me in a state of alert or anxious fear? And you describe it and you try to summarize it in a few lines until it becomes clear. And yes, this is what it is that's bothering me. Now, just as Brother Anandamoy did with me, ask a few cosmic questions. Am I an immortal child of God? Make yourself answer it. Yes, I am. Do I really believe this? Yes, I really do believe it. Is God always with me? Yes. Is God with me now? Yes. Is my guru shepherding me through this crisis to some unknown and better destination. Yes, I believe it's so. You know, we often get weak and vulnerable when we're in crisis. We need to stand up to it, and we stand up to it with a greater truth. So then another question, could there be a divine purpose to this? Is there God's plan and design for me and my loved ones, hiding behind this unsolvable problem. You see how we're probing and we're searching? 
And if we can accept the answers as yes to these questions, then comes consultation with the guru. What kind of enlightened wisdom of master can guide me here? And so now we move into some prayerful study. We go to the teachings. Many of you have had the experience where you offer a desperate prayer and you open up any scripture and there's your answer. There's many ways to do this, but within our guru's vast teachings, there's truth there waiting for you, specific to your need. We're talking about wisdom truth that's very specific to your need. So start studying. Ask God and Guru to guide you. And what you're looking for are passages of teachings that touch your heart. And they make you feel some comfort. Or, ah, some understanding. You will feel it from within you. Capture those. That's the enlightened wisdom of the Guru that you need right now. Capture that and put it out, copy it out. And then you'll get a number of passages that really speak to you on your particular situation. And now you want to use this wisdom to reinterpret your situation. Not from the fear, but from the enlightened wisdom. What does it mean to you now? Be brave about this. Because this is, this is dispelling the fear. This is dispelling the suffering and torment. So you use the wisdom to reinterpret the threat. And then you use that to form a conviction. What do I really believe? What do I really believe? I know the doctor says this. I know my family say that. I know. But what do I believe? What does my guru teach me? And then you form a conviction. Now through the eyes of wisdom, having your conviction through the eyes of wisdom, look fear in the face. Look fear in the face. Affirm the new conviction until the fear is disarmed. You'll see, you will be able to do this. It will amaze you. I didn't think I could do that. As you affirm your inner conviction based on the wisdom of the guru, fear begins to melt away. This is the power of truth. Your soul will love this. I promise your soul will love this. Um, you will discover a new reality that you never thought existed for you. It's not just in some scripture for somebody else. It's yours. And you can have full protection from it even before you have fully realized it. Again, Guruji, protect yourself within the fortress of wisdom. There is no greater safety. Complete understanding will bring you to a point where nothing can hurt you. Is this helpful? Is it, I hope it's making you think a little bit and ponder, you know, how could I put this to practice? How could it work for me? So that's the end of our workshop, but we still have more. Are you still with me? Yes. Developing the Guru's wisdom into personal conviction during time of distress. 
it has a very potent effect. One we have discussed. It enables you to reinterpret the threat and disarm it. It also stabilizes human consciousness. So we are facing a fear, we are facing an anxiety, an uncontrollable situation. There's all kinds of things going on. We have no idea what's coming tomorrow, but there are consequences we're afraid of. The mind isn't cooperating. The mind is going crazy. The emotions are out of control. It's impossible for us to meditate. But when we use the guru's enlightened wisdom as an inner conviction of a higher truth, it stabilizes. It stabilizes thoughts and emotions. They relax because the truth is comforting. We can feel this comfort. So distress can be neutralized by guru-given wisdom and remove the power of maya to torment us. This is not just a Hail Mary prayer. <laughs> this is the science of spiritual action. It's what Raja Yoga is all about. So when the mind is made stable, it can concentrate. When the heart is made steady, it's ready to turn within. You see, we are creating a condition within ourselves, removing these obstacles of delusion so that we can dive into the safety and comfort of God. So the Guru's wisdom helps us to tame and transmute our rebellious mortality and to allow us to connect with our native divinity. And this is something we all desperately need, isn't it? We feel so helpless. Even with the wealth of the Guru's teachings that we have and the path that we walk, at times we still feel helpless. And that's why these kinds of strategies um, can be very empowering. And we will discover it when we work with it. So this is our spiritual strategy. Use guru-given wisdom to form truth convictions. Let this steady your heart and mind, and then guide the steadied heart and mind into meditation, seeking full comfort and consolation from God. Guruji says, only in the castle of God can we find protection. There is no safer haven of joy than in his presence. When you are with him, nothing can touch you. We're trying to make that possible, to make it possible for each one of us. Now we're almost toward the end, but there's still something more here. Let me share it with you. This strategy that we're talking about, it actually follows um, the teachings of Swami Sri Yukteswar in the Holy Science. Um, you go to the stages of the heart. And we're talking here about the middle stages of the heart. That is the steady heart and the devoted heart. Sri Yukteswar describes the steady heart as seeking its divine source within. We could understand that by the latest uh, country western love song. It's not seeking love within. It's seeking love all around, without. 
the advanced steadiness of the heart seeks love within. And our Gyanapatar says, if man continues in the baptized state, remaining immersed in the holy stream, he gradually comes to a pleasant state wherein his heart wholly abandons the ideas of the external world and becomes devoted to the internal one. It's this last sentence that I want to emphasize. Abandons the ideas of the external world and becomes devoted to the internal one. This is a transition that we are making and I'm describing it here tonight. We want to shift the source of influence from outer environment and our rebellious human reactions to outer environment to inner enlightened wisdom of the guru and our inner convictions of truth. We want to make this shift. Family drama, community controversy, nation and world conflict are no longer primary influencers. We all know where the torment comes from. We know the source. We are outwardly directed and we are reacting to it. It's only human. That's what our ego tells us. Justifies the torment. But now we're talking about moving forward in heart evolution. And the next step that we all need to take is to make the heart steady. To make the heart steady so that it can interiorize and discover the great loving comfort of God. So we are now relying on the Guru's wisdom from within. The enlightened wisdom and our own inner convictions, we are relying on these more than the advice of all of our friends. Everybody has a different opinion. We can't make up our mind who to believe. We need to believe in ourselves when we have consulted with the guru. You see? So Sri Teshwar is telling us to let go of the influence of the outer world. Maybe we consult, yes. Maybe we wisely connect. Um, maybe we will confirm and double check. We get second opinions. But what we really rely on is the Guru's wisdom, truth from within. That is our final word. I know this path. I know this path. This is how I make decisions for Guruji's work. I collect input, different opinions, hear what other people think, do a little bit of research, but I rely on within to come to my final conclusions. This is the way that we live, we live in the world, but not of the world. When we are consulting within and we are relying on that source fully, the outer world no longer has the power to influence us unless we choose. The primary influencer is enlightened wisdom of the guru from within. So can you envision this for yourself? Being comforted by enlightened wisdom from within? Is this getting more real? Is this something that you 
feel that you might be able to move forward with, um, being comforted by enlightened wisdom within throughout all earthly trials. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? Whatever comes, you don't have to be afraid anymore because you have enlightened wisdom. You have a process that you can follow. If we have this, we suffer less. We suffer less. Our light shines more brightly and we can serve as a channel of God, even when we are faced with great challenges. We see what the guru went through during his lifetime and yet he was helping constantly. How can he do this? Where does he get that kind of strength? This is where he gets it. And this is more than your future. This really is your destiny. It's the plan that God has laid out for us. He does not want us to be mortal weaklings. He want us, wants us to be immortal souls that have this resource. Guruji says, only in the castle of God can we find protection. There is no safer haven of joy than in his presence. When you are with him, nothing can touch you. So Guruji here is describing the state of Pratyahara in meditation, that is interiorization of the consciousness on the altar of God. And when we face the challenges of our daily life and we see all the, the different changes that we're going through, we wonder, can I ever get there? The answer is yes, but we have to do some self-training. We have to do some self-training. We have to start making these choices. What is going to influence us and what is not? What are we going to rely on and what we don't? That's only up to us. No one else can do it. But gradually as you begin to make these choices and you realize that you can be victorious, there comes a new confidence and you know that you can achieve it. So when we meditate deeply, we tap into peace. Guruji says the first peace that we feel in meditation is the peace of the soul. As we concentrate on that peace, it expands and becomes the peace of God. And then as we continue to meditate in the stillness, concentrating on this expanding peace, we begin to touch the edge of bliss. Bliss. This is the great joy of God. This is the great comforter. It's what we all want and need. And if you have even just a little bit of bliss, you know you've come out of a meditation that was unexpectedly joyful. And everything is more perfect. You love more perfectly. You care more greatly. You serve more devotedly. And it's all because of this wonderful flow of joy that's coming from within you. And you say, I want this all the time. And so this is the true goal of life. The goal of life is not to resolve all of our earthly problems. The goal of life is not to repair all of our human relationships. The goal of life is not to live a life of material success and free from chaos and conflict. Guruji says in Lesson 15, the goal of life is to attain lasting happiness, the constant inner experience of bliss, 
which is God. Ah, <laughs> you don't have to fix everything. And he says, the wise therefore, says Guruji, are not tossed with the ups and downs of the waves of happiness and misery. They dive deep in the spirit ocean of bliss, avoiding the storms of delusion, the waves of change that rage on the surface of human consciousness. Isn't that poetic? It's cinematic. <laughs> so I hope the strategy is clear and you can begin the training where you are right now today. You can begin working with the strategies that we've talked about. You can capture the threat. You can use the Guru's teachings to reinterpret the threat. And with enlightened wisdom, you can develop an inner conviction and you can shift your own reality to line up with the Guru's magnificent, infinite realm. And then you can look fear in the face through the eyes of wisdom. And you can find comfort, comfort, immediate comfort. The mind will respond, the emotions will respond, the whole system will relax and become at rest. And then you can dive into meditation and really feel the results. This is what we want. Anytime, anywhere, under any conditions, we want to be able to make this transition. And you can do it. You can do this. You can begin right now today with a problem that faces you. And little victories lead to larger victories and pretty soon you have made some major changes. And you realize that even though the outer world is still the same and the problems still come, you now have a magic that you can cast a spell and you can say, it's all gonna be okay, it's according to God's plan and I have proved it to myself. And you will know that it's true. So I would like to close with uh, one of my favorite whispers from eternity eternal polaris and i love the way our guru acknowledges directly the challenges that we face o eternal polaris where'er i roam the magnetic needle of my mind compass ever and ever points to thee buffeted by gusts of chance or drenched by rains of misfortune I nevertheless direct my mind always toward thee. The dove of my love winging through clouds of bewilderments, storms of distractions, and whirlwinds of destiny, yet will infallibly discover the way to thee. <laughs>